paging less. Let's do this. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of that happiness? To secure these rights, <laughs> governments are instituted <laughs> among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. Thomas Jefferson. The American Creed. I believe in the United States of America as a government of the people, by the people, for the people, whose just powers are derived from the consent of the government. A democracy and a republic. A sovereign nation. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is no longer 4th of July, but there is a little extra 4th of July remnants left over this week. My name's Dan. And I'm Rob. And you've tuned into another week of... Who the Hell Are You podcast. That's right. It's the podcast where we go into deep, 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 deep corners of the dusty bins and bring back the lost, unappreciated, and unknown music of the last century. Thanks for joining us. Good day. And thank you. Yes. Good day. Uh, so it is midsummer, Rob. We said a few months ago, by the way, just before I forget, that was Ed McMahon, Spirit of 76. Oh, that's a, a young Ed McMahon. Yeah, and young Ed, Ed McMahon, I think in 76. Because I'm thinking of, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, he hadn't got down here yet. <laughs> that's right, that's right it's, Captain. It's the Philadelphia. Treasury of Stars. Oh, nice. That must for, be for, for the Bicentennial. Yeah, for the Bicentennial. Nice. So, it's got a very Philly cover here. It's oh, got the bell it. in the 76. The bell, and the 76, Independence Hall. And it says from Philadelphia with love, but it doesn't show the love statue. When was that put up? Do you know? I don't know. The love statue doesn't seem to be as old as... As we think? As, yeah, well, or as this for, record. Uh, yeah, no. Even though it's with love... They were like, no, no, it's no all, love till 77, It Dan. also has no a, love. a statement and a picture of Mayor Frank L. Rizzo in it, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Frank Rizzo. Yes, thank you. We are not going to interrupt I, this record. Do you, I feel like the Jerky Boys use Frank Rizzo a lot. Oh, you mean his like... Uh, yeah, remember they're like, what's your name? Frank Rizzo. Yeah, 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 yeah. I come down there with my tools. I start today. I'll bring my glasses yes. and my shoes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we promised months ago... That we would do a segment, or uh, the whole show as... <laughs> we played on it. <laughs> yeah, either we played on it or local local bands that we ran across in our time... That's right. ...in the Southeast... No, the Mid-Atlantic... <laughs> no, the Philadelphia... Del, the, what do they call it? The Delmarva. The Delmarva? The Delmarva music scene. The tri-state area? The tri-state, quad-state area. Yeah. Delaware is just sort of a you know, drive-through state. Sorry, Delaware. We had a lot of good times in Delaware. Yeah, we did. But Should, can't poo-poo on Delaware. <laughs> I'm at the screen door factory. <laughs> the, 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 the test was to go into our own dusty bins of our CD collection, which everyone used to have and everyone used to hand to you at any gig or conference that you went to. I've had people hand me CDs while I was just playing acoustic by myself. You know, people that just wanted you to hear their stuff. Yeah. And we're going to start off with a little six-song sampler. Say that ten times fast. Six-song sampler. Six-song sampler. Sally sells six-song samplers by the seashore. By the seashore. Uh, apparently from a band called Lost and Found. Now, I'm working with, again, the uh, classic 90s. PlayStation 1 here. Yeah. Now, it was just working. The CD... I heard we it. We may run into what we call Technical CD dry rot. Oh, no. Sometimes the PlayStation can't handle it. Come it's, on, PlayStation. It's spinning, but it doesn't want to play it. Put on your laser There'll be beam. a lot of editing in this uh, episode, fine. ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. You won't even hear all this magic. Yeah. All uh -oh. right. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. It's the first one right out of the gate, and uh, it doesn't want to play. It, it, and Burn CDs also had that sort of protege, I guess. Um, so we're going to jump uh, to number two, right down in the pile. Numero dos. Numero dos. 
And uh, this was, I believe I work with this, with this woman uh, years ago. And her name is Kristen Mueller. 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 <laughs> something, something, economics. Tone ukulele, yeah, or, or like a, a viola or something. Oh yeah, a plucked, a plucked viola. Kettle's boiling. On these days, I will. She's right in your ear. Yeah, I do like a dry vocal. Well, this is about as dry as you can get. Crispy toast. If you're on headphones, it sounds great. Yeah. She's right up in your business. For those of you with sweet, sweet earbuds. I just think it's going to get loud all of a sudden. I don't know what's going to happen. My day, it's going to rock. This song goes... Violin player. Just like the way you talk me to. Planning our days out for wow, You're right, Viola, Karen Walchuk, Ooh. Mandolin, somebody else. <laughs> Some person. Tenor banjo. Banjo. Mm. Yeah. Uh, she reminds me of somebody. I hate to draw comparisons to other singers, but it's uh oh, I know it is. Aaron McCarley. She reminds McCarley? me of Aaron McCarley. Go look it up, folks. That's right. Google it. The song Blue Suitcase. Or it's okay, well, This is Kristen Mueller with Domesticity Song. Domesticity. That's a, that's a mouthful. Can't say that with peanut butter in your mouth. No. I like it. Yeah. From her record, Ports of Call from 2006, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Oh, six. You can rock this today. It's timeless. Yeah, the production's good. It kind of reminds me of, um, who did we listen to? That was really good. A couple of seasons ago, we did a CD show, and it was uh, Gravity by... Mm. You'll have to go back and look, folks. Yeah, we will have to look. I'll have to look. I have, I have had a lapse of, of library and duty, so it's tough for me to look back lately. You're taking the photo in time, Dan. Just got to take it and move on. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're coming to the close of the fourth season. Uh, can you believe it? It will be fifth season in the fall, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't hear from us for a few weeks, it's because we're back hunting in the dusty bins. Got to find a whole new crop. The hot, hot, spicy dusty bins. <laughs> There's the banjo. I have a tenor banjo. It's like four strings. It's like a mummer's banjo. Is it, is it different? What's the difference between a tenor banjo and a standard banjo? I think it just doesn't have the fifth string. Okay. The fifth string is higher, right? See, I'm, I'm asking drummer questions. No, Clifford. Gentlemen, it is the Mueller. The Mueller. The Bueller. Thanks, everybody. All right, Rob. So, disc number one failed, but disc number two gave us a good start. Now, Great start. 
I'm going to need your selection next. Let's do uh let's let's we'll do this one here. Let's do let's do this. We'll do track number 2. Track 2. Here we go, PlayStation. I wish it I wish it gave us the whole like like when you hook it up to a TV. Whoa. There you go. Oh yeah, I remember this. So this this is a Mid-Atlantic Delmarva release, but it was recorded on the West Coast. It's got those West Coast vibes. Yeah, the West Coast vibes. Two thousand eleven. It's Christine Havrilla. Gypsy Fuzz, Searching, Finding, Living, and Rob on Drums. It's me playing drums. I remember, I remember learning this on guitar and we never played it. I know, we never, we rarely play that. This is one of my favorite songs she ever wrote. And this was done over in a, a June recording session now on the West Coast in Portland, Oregon at Jackpot, which was the former studio owned by Elliot Smith. I like these old cardboard covers. Yeah. I feel like they hold up better than the plastic. Than the plastic, yeah. They were called like eco packs. Rob, you've got the original merch in here. Oh, I know. I'm going to sell that on the eBay. Yeah, yeah. I once found, I think, Christine's first record from the 90s in a thrift store. Oh, really? I have it in the bin downstairs. I used to see her stickers on cars around town. Oh, yeah. like, I'd be like in Philly going somewhere, there'd be somebody in front of me with a Gypsy Fuzz sticker on their car. Funny, we recorded this with just three of us, but this album has like a hundred people on it. Oh no. PlayStation tripping out a little bit. of CD dry rot, Rob. It's, it's never going to go, it's never going to get any better. Nope. Can't, can't fix it. Nope. All you can do is digitize it, which I sat around for a decent part of COVID and, and did that. Well, I was going to say, when I was going through my CD bins today, I realized I have one little one now. I used to have millions of them, but I ripped them all many years ago and got rid of my CDs. I remember, I mean... I don't know how old our, our average age of our audience is, but I think a lot of us can remember the days of, like, before we were staring at our phones in our car, we'd be staring at our giant book of CDs in the car. Yeah, yeah, or the one that went onto the... Uh, the visor? The visor. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's back when visors were strong enough to hold 15, 20 CDs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, now they, like, you put it up there, <laughs> the thing will fall down. But it, you know what else I got to point out? Um, it took me till today, pretty much, to realize... That I don't have a CD player in my car. Ah, uh, yes. Because I, I don't even, I never even thought to look for it. And I got in, I was like, oh, there isn't a CD player in here. I just listened to the, the Bluetooth all the time. Which, you know, sacrilege, given the fact that we're a primarily vinyl show. Oh, my God. That's correct, Rob. Correct. It, it is, we are taking a, a, a chance in dabbling in the dark arts 
of early digital media. Someday we'll have a mini disc show. Oh my gosh. Or a laser disc show. Ooh. My dad still has a laser disc player. He was one of the first people that I I mean, obviously that I knew that had it. I didn't I wasn't he, going around to trade shows, but in nineteen eighty four he had a disc. He was an early adopter. He was. An early adopter. I remember my cousin had one of the first CD players. Remember, the early CD players were were huge. Yes, they were these ginormous boxes, and yeah. you could see you could see like the thing. It, it was always a big glass area where the CD was. Very modern, futuristic looking. Oh yeah, I mean, Rob, t- CDs are the best. They're never going to go out of style. They're always going to be perfectly crystal clear digital sound. You can't scratch them like records. How dare you? How dare you, sir? How about this, Rob? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How about a band called King Orchid? I like that. With the song, What I Would Listen To If I Were a Bat. Yes. Dirty. Yeah. It's almost like heavy fish. Yeah. Fish. Someone likes that delay pedal. I was about to say it. Somebody likes to echo. Wait. I was gonna say it's, it's gonna come out of nowhere. I'd be back masking that drum forward there if we could, but here we are. Apparently, this is just a duo. Doug Wartman, guitar, vocals, and effects, and Zach Fearman, drums, vocals, piano, and didgeridoo. We didn't play with these guys in Williamsport at some point, did we? I don't know. Maybe we did. I thought somebody... Music Training Center gave this to me. It's pretty awesome. Oh, some vocals though. No vocals, eh? Not yet. I mean, it does say vocals. Both of them say vocals. But Rob, going back to 2010 with King Orchid, I sound much better in the sun. Recorded in Cambridge, Mass. That's the vocal for this song. Yeah. Woo! Woo! I mean, it sounds like double-tracked guitars. I don't really hear a bass, so I guess it is just guitar and Yeah, like drums. I heard a little low end come in, but it wasn't exactly synced up, so it wasn't just an octave pedal. No. All right, well, that was the first track. Let's see if track two lends itself to... Some some vocals. some vocals. It's called Trigger Finger. And there's the piano. I don't know if this is the end of the first song or the beginning of the second song. Oh, you know what? I drove through Jersey last week looking for cars and I drove past disc makers and I was just such a traumatic moment when they didn't put they put a second of silence in between all of my songs and it ruined the transition oh, right. into uh, human That's condition right. and I was so mad. I have 1,250 copies of CD that I don't that even a, That like. didn't have a perfect transition line. That that they... That we sent. The that I sent. And then they said, oh, your, your, your CD, DVD you sent over isn't good, so we need you to send it again. And I'm like, well, how? Back then, like, internet was oh. not reliable. Right. Well, let's see. This seems like the same song, so we're just going to skip a route. Watch how easy it is, kids, to skip a CD. There it is. Have to line up the needle. Yeah, no lining up here. You know what else I like about a CD is once you get to the last track, it just goes back to track one automatically. Right away. Oh, here we go. He's called Trigger Finger. 
turtle song. I, I would say like the duos love to put tons of effects in their vocals. Yeah. And, and they, even the big ones. The White Stripes, World Blood, they all did that. Yeah. They needed to take up more space. Yeah. I like it because it's pretty raw. Yeah. yeah. yeah but it's very wide. Like, everything's yeah. really big. Oh, no, it's big. There's a delay pedal. Or as the kids like to call it, the echo pedal. <laughs> That's the old PA system you just have echo. Instead of reverb. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is King Orchid, King Orchid. with Trigger Finger well from 2010, their EP, Island, no, I Sound Much Better in the Sun. It just looks like he's on like some desert island. It does. It's got a very uh, sort of sandy beach kind of thing, but he's, he's sort of a monster. That's a good, that's a good find. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I had no idea what that sounded like. See... I know that there's a couple in here that I played on, but I, I went for the ones that I don't really remember at all. Right, right, right. So. I went for the ones I could find. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rob, you're up. I'm up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to digress. We're going to take a, a transition. We're going to go from this region to the opposite end of the country all right. for, for an album here. Uh, I brought along an album by... So I lived in Portland, Oregon for a while, and I was in a number of different bands, and there was a backup singer in the bands with me named Holly Lear. And after I relocated back to the East Coast, Holly wrote her own album, and I went out and recorded drums on it. And, and her husband uh, was actually a, um, a, uh, an engineer for uh, Intel, but he turned out to be a total shred prog rock guitar player. <laughs> so, That's always the case. Yeah, yeah. And so it's him, he's playing guitar, and, and Holly's singing, and then my friend Leah, who was a bass player I worked with for many years, played bass, and I played drums. And actually, just play, play the track one. It's the title track of her album, Fire In My Bones. It's a very compressed album. Sorry, Bob. Bob Stark. It's just 90s. What do you want? Oh, this is 2000 and... Seven. Oh. Sorry. It has the spirit of the 90s. Looks like Portland. <laughs> oh, yeah. The spirit Here comes a big, a big reverby snare hit, though. This was at, recorded at the now-defunct Kung Fu Bakery, which was Everclear Studio. Kung Fu Bakery, isn't that? There's something around here called Kung Fu Necktie. Kung Fu Necktie. Holly plays keys. Bass? Keys. Parakeets? Parakeets, correct. It's funny. A lot, of, a lot of listeners might not know this, but a lot of times, like, backup singers will be better than the singers they work for. Oh, yeah. And and Holly was always better than the singers she sang with. She's just one of a really great singer. Sheryl Crow was a backup singer for, like, Michael Jackson. And Bob Dylan, yeah. You watch the Dylan birthday, there's a giant hair yeah. Sheryl Crow there next to, like, G.E. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked, um, what's her name? Sang in Peter Gabriel's tours early in the 90s. Oh, um, the Yippie Yippie girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's her name? Paula Cole. Paula Cole. Well, and to that end, though, now my eight year old, thanks to Stranger Things, my eight year old is now into Kate Bush. Speaking oh, yeah. of the backup singers with uh, Peter Gabriel. Yeah. I, I walked into her room the other day and I'm like, is this Kate Bush? She's like, yes. <laughs> I'd like to add, ladies and gentlemen, this is a kid that one day I was listening to Slayer out of the blue when I was like, Daddy's proud, baby. Daddy's, Daddy's proud. <laughs> was she singing it or was she saying it? She, she was just blasting it. Oh, she was listening to it. She wasn't like, 
Yeah, this is very um, ethereal. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of those albums like there's like a hundred vocal tracks. There it is. Go. Yeah. Get it. Get it, Jeff. I think he taps later. Oh, yeah. No. Does he point? Points, taps, does some tap. slide. He, he does tap and jazz. <laughs> Both. Country and western. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Holly. Holly Lear. Not to be confused with Holly Near. Yeah, no. There is a... another folk singer much older called Holly Near. That's right. Near. This is like the jet. <laughs> That's right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do this. Take a short aperitif and dive back into 7-inch pickup. Oh, nice. What? Rob, how many do we have? We have one. So I, I choose one. Yeah, you don't pick a number between one and one. You but know, here's what I want you to do. Okay. I want you to pick the song. Oh, oh okay. What are the name? Can I hear the names of the songs? It's a guy named Scott Carpenter and Street Life with somebody's gonna get their head kicked in tonight, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or take your team and shove it, which I wonder is like a parody. Yeah. Of, of, I, I uh, had to go with Johnny the first Paycheck. one. Because it sounds, I mean, it sounds violent, but you know. Yeah, someone's gonna get. I it's mean, either gonna be violent or not at all. Are we? <laughs> somebody. I'm yeah. guessing this is country, outlaw country, or just, you know, bro country. I don't know. Bro country before there was bro country. I don't know. Bruntry. Someone's gonna get their head kicked in tonight. I was right. Nope. I think. Oh wait, it's out of tune. Wait, this could turn into garage rock. Ooh. What? Whoa, not what I thought at all. Well, the joint is rocking. Everybody's feeling all right. Wow. At the bar tonight, this is gonna be quite a song. It kicked in tonight. Yeah. So it's basically Elvis in 1981. Yeah. This is like they're an outlaw gang called the Pecan Sandies, <laughs> and they're gonna they're, they're gonna they're gonna play cards out in front of your store to chase customers away. Sorry, I'm, if any of you watch Always Sunny, I'm drawing a direct reference right now. Wow. You know, I feel like sometimes bands will play a little out of tune as an effect, but I feel, I feel like this was just unintentional. Yeah, I don't think they. They're like, ah, it's fine, go ahead. It's good. That's good. It makes you sound like a rebel. Ooh, pool of blood it's, on the dance floor. It's, it's a little gruesome. Yeah, he's getting a little into it. You know, we we got to hear the other side. <laughs> see what I got to know now. Because if, it, if it's a direct ripoff of Johnny Paycheck, then we, then we know what we're dealing with. Yeah, we'll know what we're dealing with. First to play that lick. Was it Chuck Berry or somebody before him? 
I would, I would think it's either Chuck Berry or like someone in that vicinity. Chuck's cousin. Yeah, Mar- Marvin. Marvin. High key, it just works with almost anything. Yeah, it does. It's, it's the it's the whipped cream on every bit of dessert. We are not going to interrupt this record. Kicked in tonight. Smashed in tonight. Wow. Take it out, Johnny. Kicked in tonight. I think he's doing all the background vocals. I do too. Yeah. He's probably playing everything, actually. Yeah. Even though it says it's him and the. I, I laugh because Street Life. <laughs> that that song is uh, if you read the title, it sounds very ominous, and you hear the song, you're like, eh, I don't feel so threatened. No, no, it's okay. Well, let's see if it says take your team. Now wait a minute. I I'm gonna make a prediction here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. My prediction is that this guy gained some sort of fame with a sports related song, just like. Every few years, somebody will write an Eagles song. Or, About how much they hate Dallas. Yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Dallas thing. Or, yeah. And it becomes a hit. This is Take Your Team and Shove It. So let's see what team he's referring to. We'll get a little more info. Hey, Bobby, take your team and Bobby? shove it. I don't want you here no more. I'm getting tired of reading in the paper how you're leaving Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore. Don't let the screen door hit you. Hey, Bobby. Who is Bobby for Baltimore? I don't know. Take your team and We were playing gigs when the sports ball was happening. I'm going to guess this is the Colts. I bet the owner's name was Bobby something because the Colts left in the early 80s. I've been living in this here city. Uh huh. Now. 30 years. I gotta yeah, look it yeah, up. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. look it up. I got it. All this time I've loved the Colts. Yeah, Colts. Good times and the Now I see you wanna take your team. Move them on away. To Indianapolis. I got my guitar. Wrote this tune dedicated to Bobber Say. <laughs> take your team and shove it. Go. We don't want you here no now they got the Ravens. I'm getting tired of reading in the paper how you're leaving Baltimore. All right, well, there you go, Baltimore. Uh, wait, what year is this record, though? I have no idea, but it had to be around the time that they were doing this. So I'm guessing the, 81 to 83. But the funny thing is, according to the according to the, the Wikipedia, yes. I know, okay, it's not always right. Yes. Franchise moved in 84. Okay, 80, okay, you know. then. But it's weird because it says folded 1950, but I'm like, Folded? No. It says founded 47, folded 1950, but it was the Miami Seahawks, 1946, and then Baltimore Courts, 47 to 50. But then but then later it says, oh, hold on, they maybe they changed. Baltimore, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. 40, 53 Baltimore was granted an expansion team that revived the Colts' name. That's what it is. Huh. They got an expansion, and in '84 they moved to, they moved became the Indianapolis called. There we go. And then guess who? The Cleveland Browns became the Ravens, and then they just restarted the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> they didn't even buy another team. They're like, fine, it's fine. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just get another. We have one. We, listen. I was in the storage locker. We got tons of T-shirts still that say Browns, so we're gonna <laughs> just call it Browns. Now, Rob, we're back to. Our CD portion of the show, and yeah. I found one that I actually played on. Okay. Now, the problem is, is that uh, me and another guy are listed as bass, and I can't always remember which ones I played on and which ones I didn't. So we're just going to safely assume whatever you play, that's you. Well, I think that this is safe to say that I, I played on this one. Okay. Because it sounds like my characteristic. Yeah. Boo-doo, boo. That's, it's like, I can pick you and... Tony Levin out of a lineup. <laughs> and I think I played Glenn's Line 6 bass, the one that was modeled all the oh, different yeah. models. Is this a Morning Star production? It is a Morning Star production. It sounds good. 
Is this like uh, you play? Well, you play bass on it? Yes. Is it Eric Johnson on drums? No. On drums is it's Eric Johnson. Chuck Stab. Chuck Stab. He was the one who brings in the, the British tea towels to oh, get right. the Ringo sound. Ringo. Ringo. This, my friends, is Jesse Terry, The Calm in the Storm from 2015. I played with him and he autographed my copy of the CD. Nice. I played with him at the Ardmore Music Hall. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. I never heard the storm. What year is this? 15. 15, yeah. He's still touring. I still get emails from him. I think he does mostly solo stuff. But I think... Um, he, he reminds me of somebody. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Jeff Buckley, actually. Yeah. Uh, his timbre. A lower a lower Jeff Buckley. Yeah. Kevin Hansen's on here. Jason Fraticelli's the other bass player. Oh, yeah. Jason out with Modest Yahoo right now. Michael Ronstadt on cello. Michael Ronstadt's on everything. <laughs> Michael Ronstadt's on the... The Morning Star album I was I brought. <laughs> yeah, that dude. Michael Ronstadt, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, related to the other Ronstadt, we all yeah, know. The Ronstadt. Yeah. Were they cousins? Cousins, right? Oh my God. I think it was his dad's cousin. I think they were second cousins. Second cousin. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, Hammond on there. Yes. The Morning Star's got some good sounds, man. Hammond by. John Conahan, I played with him. Oh, yeah. We, he was on uh, Dub D. <laughs> he was on a lot of records. We, he was on the record that we did. Uh, we played that Christian record with that guy. Oh, and, yeah. And John cursed up a, a storm between every take. Yeah. And finally, we had to like, pull him aside. We're like, hey, man. Just play a C. Dude, yeah, just don't, C major. don't curse. The guy's not happy about it. <laughs> you can curse to us in the break room. Stop that crap cursing. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, no, I like this. this is a six-song EP as well, but it has a couple really uh, catchy tunes. This one, and I'm just going to jump ahead because back in the days of CD, you could make things as long as you darn well wanted. Oh, yeah. So here's the other one. It's also very catchy. This kind of sounds like an upright. This is the changing of the car. Is it? I don't think so. No, it's losing track of all the scars. No, that's electric. Wild bloom, I feel like I may have played this. Upright's the middle of the yeah. only played upright. It does say electric and, and upright, but I think he had an electric upright and yeah. an acoustic upright. Apparently, I played some acoustic guitar on here too. <laughs> I think I went. I think this is the song I made up with acoustic, all the upbeats. Oh, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Ding. Yeah, because it's got a little reggae vibe. Yeah. Climb up high. A little banjo. Yeah. Well, this kind of reminds me of like a James Taylor kind of Crosby Stills thing. It's a very good tune, and uh, appreciate um, all of the artists for not complaining. We're suing us because we're trying to expose <laughs> you to the we're, world. We're just playing your music. Yeah, yeah. We, we want people to go out and masses. see these people. Jesse Terry still tours. Still doing um, I think he's more based out of New England now, but either way. Maybe he moved to Nashville like everybody else. Um, but we stay here in the southeastern Philly corridor, and uh, we still represent. Even though every musician from this area will tell you that you have to move and go away to L.A. or New York or Europe and get big somewhere else. And then you come back to Philly and they, and they, they, and they claim that they always loved you. Well, that was, that, that was like Seattle had that, that same thing because, you know, Hendrix came up in Seattle and no one cared. He came back from England and then he cursed out the auditorium of people. Who, oh, right. He's like, you didn't like me when I was here, but yeah. now I'm back. You didn't like me when I played with King Curtis and Little Richard. That's right. All right, Rob, it's your turn, Rob. All right, I got one more. Oh, well, a continuation of the 4th of July. We'll just play track one on this one, too. Nice. And We're carryover 4th of July. And this is interesting, because this this song has... Uh, I'm playing drums on this. I think it has Tracy, this, Tracy Grammer on violin on this one. No, I don't... Did you do this record? I feel like you did me, the next one. Let me see. This was Simple Truth? Let me see. Oh, wait, you know what? Hold on, before you hit play. 
I think I know what song you did play on if you played on here. Too late. He was born second son of eleven, southern sister. You play on one, two, three, the fourth track. 13, he packed up a bag and left that day. Born in a west across the ocean, saw Lady Liberty and wept with emotion. Learned to trade and the language of the world. Elise Dorian, and she was in. Probably junior high when we recorded this. Coast to coast, yeah, 14, 15, 16. I remember when I met her, I was like, You're 14? You don't sound like it. I actually just heard from her a couple weeks ago. She's still in London. Yeah. She's just like, Hey. I'm like, wow. You're the only. I remember a few weeks ago we were looking up the country code 4 4. Yeah. That's how I knew it was her because I got a text and it had a 4 4 and 44. Oh, yeah. I don't know anyone else from this. She was a good singer, and she she's in the film business now. Well, she probably still is a good singer, but she's just not uh, singing a lot. She was doing. She had her own little Instagram page where she was putting up herself playing in, in her living room, singing piano and guitar and singing. This has got Tom Hampton, the Poco fame, and Marshall Tucker Band. Marshall Tucker Band. Oh, and, and Robert Hazard. That's right, Robert Hazard in tight pants. Uh, Anthony Newitt on uh, guitar or something, who was Glenn Beck's music director, of all things. <laughs> We're not political show, Dan. <laughs> the famous Keith Gioso on keyboards. This was, and it was Mike Kerman on bass. Who, not on this one, though. Oh, no? Who played bass on this? This is Anthony. Oh, it is Anthony. Yeah, Kerman's on a lot of the other ones. Yeah, so this could be a holdover from the 4th of July show, American Made, yo. Skip to track four so we can hear both of us together. All right, here we go. We're back together at last. That's Two, right. three, four. Now for a night, we'll make the world go blind. Oh, man, I'm way over there. Yeah. Way over in left field. Yeah, that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, just pan your uh, headphones to the uh, left channel and you'll hear Dan. Maybe I have, maybe I have a solo on this. Oh, you might. I do like the other, the album. The next album was more like in your face. Yeah, this, this was pretty uh, mellow, this whole record. Smith on background vocals. Who was that? Who? Leah Smith. Oh, she was uh, Dan May's backup singer for a while. Was that his neighbor? Maybe. And I also think that Keith sang on some of these yeah, songs. Yeah, he's too. also listed as background. Now, all these songs were written by Mr. Dan May, who we could probably play on the show too. But yeah. you know, he gets he gets some he gets some play. Yeah. So you know. He, he wouldn't mind, but no, would turn Dan May basically wrote all these tunes for Elise to sing, and then put together the band, and yeah, we got to go to uh, Placerville, California, sweet, sweet Placerville, where we were, we were at a house with an eight-foot fence around it, and we're like, what's, what's the fence for? They're like, cougars, don't go outside. Yeah, if you're alone, you're probably in trouble. Right, when you walk to your car, make a bunch of noise. I do want to point out, if you're ever to Placerville and there's a safe in your hotel room, it's probably a refrigerator. <laughs> if the safe and, is and making if, a humming noise. If that's the most confusing thing you've ever heard, I'm sorry. I'm not going to explain it to you. Because yeah. if you see a safe, yeah. just make sure just, it's not in a fridge. Just try it. Just try it. Yeah. Because the beer doesn't stay as cold in the sink. In the sink. Your, <laughs> it would have stayed much colder in the fridge that looked like a safe. And if you're in Placerville, go to the bar with the uh, effigy of the hanging man out front. Right. And you'll find a dollar bill with our names on it. That's right. <laughs> Among, with about a million other dollar yeah, bills. On the ceiling. I'm sure maybe they clean them up every once in a while. Do you think they clean them off and have like a huge party? I would think so. Take a month off. Yeah. Let's see how many dollars. we burn it down, you want it it's definitely a shiny album. Oh yeah, very shiny. Well, it's, it's an album that has to have the vocals way out front. And I, I've never wanted to be that myself. 
I always want it to be embedded. Yeah. Now sometimes it's a little too quiet, like a lot of Radiohead records. His voice is like way in, in the back. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, it's a it's a meeting of the minds. It's it's CD time here on. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, don't pay attention. You know, to the I, man behind the curtain. I don't know if you grabbed it, but you should. We should do a little shameless self promotion of, no. of one record here. No, I didn't. I did not grab it, and right. we will eventually. Eventually, or a vinyl, even. That's right. We could. Now, Rob, I want to do a little test. I want to play something that is not unknown, and they were on a big label. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm putting this. In the underappreciated category. Oh, yeah. And I want to see if you know who it is. Oh, I, I never am good at these games. I know, I totally... I can't remember what the best song is. Well, it reminds me of Jimmy Cullum, but it's yeah. not. <laughs> it's not a funky mute math. No. Oh, it's great. <laughs> oh, baby. I have no idea. Love would be much better if I gave a damn. It sounds like it's something that Prince would have produced, though. You're right. It does sound like that. I'll give you some hints. They're on Columbia Records. It's 1998. Hmm. And I'll see if there's any other hints on here. Is there any hits on this record? No. No, 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 no hits. It sounds so familiar to me. You know, you know, back in the 90s, this was very common. It says no computers or borrowed portions of other people's music were used on this recording. Wow. They're like, we just want you to know. We're not copping this stuff. But I got to tell you, that thing's on a CD. So at some point, it hit a computer. Well, yeah, yeah. But right. maybe they didn't use it for any tracking. Right, they didn't use it to make sound. It doesn't really give the full names of everybody but it says Bobby, Brian, Jen, Kai, and Valeria. Their name is Dag, D-A-G. Oh. You ever heard of them? Maybe? It's Dag with their apartment number 365 with our love would be much better if I gave a damn about you. I like they got that, um, that. Oh yeah, I mean... I bought it because they were funky. Yeah. This is probably one of those CDs that I bought. Well, I definitely bought this used, but I used to have it. And I think it was, remember back when The Wall and, and Sony Music would have the listening towers? Yeah. And you just go up and you'd be like, oh, let's listen to this. Let's the listen headphones? To this. Yeah. Headphones. And then you'd say, oh, man, that's great. I bought this and I bought more Chiba. Remember oh, that yeah. Sight unseen. I just found it in the, in the listening team. tower, and yeah. I went, "Oh, this is great! I'm gonna get it." Yeah. It's like hippie chick, Mochiba. Yes. Oh yeah. Or trigger hippie. Tr- or trigger hippie. That's it. <laughs> trigger hippie. Yeah. Yeah. Fit. Dang. Yeah. I like these guys. Where are they from? I don't know. Right. It doesn't really give much. But they're a multicultural band. Yeah. Watch out! Wow, that that I didn't expect that to end. Yeah. Never, it never ends. Good. I like that. So there it is, Dag. Yeah. Dag. And um, that was a good. That's a good find. 
They're on the major label, but nobody remembers Dag. No, yeah, no, no one's like, oh, well, when will Dag get back together? And they never had any like big hits. It was back when, when they could invest in bands that sounded like other bands. I feel like they were riding like the Jamiroquai, Prince, uh, even like some of the hip hop stuff that was going on at the time, like Arrested Development and that kind of thing. But yeah, no, I go think, out and look them up. Yeah, look them up. We we switch you again downtown. This is done, Cameron. Cameron downtown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got a couple more. All we're, right, we're making this a, a little extra long episode since it's the penultimate episode of the season. That's right, and we have tons of CDs. And it sounds like DJ Sally. It sounds like DJ Sally's at home. <laughs> I would like to st- I would like to state on the on the record on the show that I neglected to wish DJ Sally a happy birthday. Oh. So, happy belated birthday. Oh, Cliffy. All right, Rob, I want you to tell me the name of this song. Stop it. <laughs> I was thinking it was a different song when it started. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Van Morrison. It does. We were born before the wind. No, sir. It is called El Nino. It's called, oh, how topical. I know, now we're in a super Nino. Now, I have a version of this in which we took this recording and added more drums and bass to it. It became a little bit more, like happening yeah but this was originally recorded in olympia 1999 oh yeah rebecca pearson see deep sky high with el nino it's el nino time middle of february oh yeah surprise it's a good payload See, I almost brought crazy dress to play. Ooh, <laughs> this would have gone well with it. <laughs> well, I used to cover this song a lot when I first moved to Philly in 2002. Maybe, maybe I, maybe I know this song because of that. You yeah. probably played this couple. You probably had heard me play this because yeah. it's just two chords, and you can blend it with uh, Van Morrison. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, the Mystic. Her voice reminds me of um, Guess I'm okay, uh, a couple different singers. Yeah, it gives a Cheryl Crow vibe. I'd say like early Cheryl Crow, yeah. Music club. Second time we mentioned Cheryl Crow on this podcast. I know. Today. Today. <laughs> we were talking about her. Cheryl giant, Crow just comes up. She was, she was a backup singer at the Bob Dylan birthday party with this giant hair. Yeah. Giant hair. We were saying how a lot of backup singers sing better than the people they're backing up. Yeah. also the most 90s picture on the back oh yeah she's got your haircut oh and not only 90s but class. very 90s pacific northwest yeah yeah oh yeah very pacific northwest like she just came out of the coffee shop <laughs> and smelling highly of patchouli yeah you know what no, no. last night we smelled patchouli and i was like wow no uh two nights ago three nights ago at the JT concert, I smelled patchouli, and I was like, "Wow, you hardly ever smell that anymore." No, and you, when, you, when you do, you're looking for somebody selling grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> sorry, sorry, stereotypes. Sorry, stereotypes. We'll meet you in the parking lot. Yeah. Anyway, it's a two-chord song, and uh, it epitomizes late '90s folk. Yeah, like Suzanne indie. Vega and and uh, Cheryl Crow had a love child. It's yeah. this person. I wonder where she is now. I think in the early days of MySpace, I connected with her again, but I think she left the biz. Yeah. I just think that a lot of people left the biz. Yeah. I have so many CDs of people that I'm like, oh, they're uh, 
you know, working in a bank now right. or, you know, they, they're real estate agents. A lot of real estate agents. I'm always amazed when you when you play in a band with somebody and then they're into like they become a financial wizard and you're like you don't understand money at all. Like I, you were scrounging up change in your car to buy stuff at, on tour at the Seven Eleven and now you're in charge of hedge funds. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, I learned yeah. I learned my lesson. <laughs> that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob, have you ever heard of Sand Bear? No. I, I don't know who gave me the CD. Sand bear. Sand bear. <laughs> it's like man bear pig? Yes. <laughs> His name <laughs> Sorry. is Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Yeah, Bob Dole don't know nothing about that. That's right. Oh, no. Don't tell me this is another dry rot. Uh-oh. Wake up, PlayStation. Come on, you can you do it. You got work to do. PlayStation, you have one job. It's the CD show. It's now. Yeah. Oh, uh, sand bear. No. Sand bear. Let me start. It's spinning. We hardly knew ye. Some days, in the old days, you could start the, the spinning and see if you get it going. <laughs> but. No, like, I. Oh, 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 it worked. It worked. It worked. It worked. It worked. Of that bird on a wire fly away. Oh, very, very dry. Yeah. In the good old days, there's no auto tune. <laughs> no auto tune, people. Jay Cliffy. This is the cutest little snare drum. <laughs> like a little tenor or yeah. soprano. It kind of gives me a blind melon Yeah. Like musically, not vocal. Well, like if Shannon Hoon was a, a low tenor. Yeah. He would be singing that blood. Said he was Axel yeah. Rose's back and singing. He was his cousin, too, wasn't he? Oh, was he? I think that's why he was on Don't Cry. Uh, yeah. I thought Axel was like, this guy can see as high as me. <laughs> You're in. You're in, pal. So many people stand up for Axel and I just can't do it. Nope. They're like, he's a tortured genius. I'm like, no, no, he's a man baby who doesn't show up on time. Yeah, correct. Well into his 50s. Yeah, I got no love for that guy. What, it, it, is this a band? Is this is something that someone gave you, right? Yeah, it has to be. I thought you gave it to me a bit at one point, but this is. Um, Let's see the cover. Oh no, no, I know. I should have known. I just looked at it. Engineered and mixed by Brian Grimmel at the Estate in Hollywood Sound. Produced by Brian Grimmel. Okay, here's the story. 2004. Sand Bear. Yeah. Brian Grimmel is the younger brother. Of Rick Grimmel, who was the drummer in my high school band. Now, Rick was already two years behind me in high school. So, Brian was like three or four years behind me. They okay. all moved to L.A. In, in the 90s. And then he, I guess, dabbled in production. So, here it is. Yeah. Then he became like big in the, the club scene and like managing those like clubs with the lines outside and saying, right. you can come in. Oh, yeah. You told me about him. Yes. Yep. So yeah, shout out to Brian Bricklin or Brian Bricklin. <laughs> Brian Freudian there. <laughs> we do have Bricklin in here, but you can go see them on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I, I, I feel like you probably rocked some Bricklin before. I think we did early on. I was like, I was like, the, the record company won't like it, but I, I got, I got sources. No, we did, and I know why because we were talking about Philly's own Jim Salamone, the engineer, and he's the Fairlight program. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was a Fairlight. Oh, and Fred. Now he likes to be called Fred now. Frederick. We just call him Rick. But Fred Grimmel in percussion. Oh, but he was Rick? In high school he was Rick. Ricky Grimmel. But then, you know, you grow up and you're like, don't call me that anymore, man. Now I'm Frederick. Yeah, I'm Frederico. And he was a DJ for a while, too, like playing big clubs. He'd, he'd post pictures with him and Snoop Dogg and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. But now Snoop Dogg is like everyone's just... 
kind of like rebellious uncle. Like he he almost went to jail and he did bad things, but now everyone's like, hee hee hee, yeah. Snoop, you're so cool, <laughs> cool. He's like I, he does shows with Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has yeah. a wine company. Oh yeah, that's Nineteen Crimes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I got I got two more, Rob. This is this is turning into a long that's long okay. episode. We're that's at an hour. That's okay. Everybody, give it up for an hour. An epic hour. Listen, when it's magic, you got to keep it going. That's right. Now this. This disc is in, in not in good shape, so I don't know if this is going to play. And this is a burned CD, which has the most trouble being played on CD players that didn't exist, right? When or they existed before burned CDs existed. Uh huh. So let's just see if it works. Come on, go put the spell go. on it. Come on, you can do it. I think this had trouble working in my computer too. You can do it. I'm going to use the same trick. Ready? Give it a spin. See that little click normally means that it can't latch can't, onto it. It can't find the can't find the header. I'm gonna I'm gonna nope. nope. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, I had a good story about that CD. Um, no, 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 no. It's I had a good story about that CD. I'll just tell the story anyway. Yeah. His name's Keaton Simons, and I met him in Olympia. He was going to Evergreen College, and apparently his dad produced, like, Moonlighting and, like, some TV shows oh. in, in the 80s. And we met at a party, and it was one of those parties where there was a bunch of instruments, and people just sort of politely took turns on different instruments. Well, the trumpet player decided he was going to switch to drums and these two guys came in, Keaton and, and a bass player, whose name escapes me, but I'll remember it. And they just, they came in like a hurricane. Like they came in, they put their amps down, they plugged in, and they just started playing. Like they didn't even like talk to anybody. Right. And the drummer was really a trumpet player. I mean, he was fine, but he, he yeah. wasn't. And they did a couple things. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go back on. And the first thing we played was like, you just went, and it was so cool. Right. And then we played, you know, for like a year, year and a half, which isn't very long in, 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 the, in the grand scheme of things. No, no, but, but um, still. But yeah. And then he moved back to L.A. And then for, for a brief time, another Snoop Dogg story. He backed up Snoop Dogg in the early to mid 2000s. And he played with who's the guy who did. Uh, um, okay. That guy, oh, Jason uh, Mraz. Jason Mraz. Yeah, he played with. They played with that guy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll take you out with a heartfelt song and a little story behind it. And it's very quiet because this was produced in who knows where. Not to watch the clock. I used to cover this well, too. Yes. You got to be Remember this tune And now I watch the clock Religiously I did a version of this I may have put this on a tape for you Back in the day Yeah, I think so Who's the singer of this? This Rob is Andras Jones Andras, yeah Mr. Jones and the Hard Feeling Or in the previous this is from here, right? This is from Olympia, Washington. Oh, it is from Olympia. Yep. But this is at the time. Uh, it was from Olympia, City Limits. This isn't one you guys recorded at Evergreen, is it? No, I didn't. I, I wasn't even here at this time. It's definitely pre-2000. Andras is famous for being in Saved by the Bell as the bully who used to, to threaten Screech. And he was in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 as the guy who wore the headband. Andros Jones, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Charmed life. He also was in a movie with Drew Barrymore and was her first on-screen kiss apparently. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go out on this number. Thanks for joining us Thanks for, coming out. for the CD selection 
of local people, people that you never heard of on the radio or otherwise. Thanks for joining us for the penultimate show. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Rob, for coming out. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this.